I'm Vitaly Buford Harden, and one of my favorite quotes is, your ability to lead others is a reflection of your ability to lead yourself. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Calling all executive assistants. Are you looking for a way to elevate your skills or earn that promotion you've been eyeing? Nova Chief of Staff's online certification course provides you with the knowledge and confidence you need to stand out on the job. Whether you want to land your dream position or level up in your current role, Nova's self-paced course gives you hands-on practice doing what Chiefs of Staff do every day. Visit leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more and secure your spot. That's leaderassistant.com slash N-O-V-A. Hey friends, welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's episode 258 and I'm your host, Jeremy Burrows. And if you want to check out the show notes for today's episode and today's conversation, you can go to leaderassistant.com slash 258, leaderassistant.com slash 258. So today we are going to be talking about perfectionism. And with me today to chat about this uh, interesting topic that uh, I've talked with assistants about plenty of times uh, is Vitali Hardin. Vitali, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. And what part of the world are you in? I am in Kentucky. So Kentucky. mid-America. <laughs> love it. Love it. I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. So uh, mid, mid-America as well. Yeah. So super glad to have you today. Tell us a little bit about you personally. Do you have a favorite hobby? Do you have a favorite uh, Netflix show? Do you have a favorite, uh, you know, uh, meal, perfect meal? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I would say uh, my hobby is uh, parenting right now. Uh, not hobby, but my full-time job. I have a six-month-old at home and a 12-year-old. And so that consumes my time outside of running a business. And my favorite show, uh, Tried and True, is Law & Order SVU. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no judgment. I've been watching it for like probably 15 years now. And um, that's that's what I like to watch when I'm trying to turn my brain off. Nice. And six, you said six months and 12 years. Is that right? Yep. Quite the spread. Quite the spread. Yes. Yes. The 12 year old is adopted and the six month old is our first biological nice. baby. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we're super excited to jump in today, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your career and, um, you know, how you ended up working with people and working with teams and companies to help them, um, yeah, with perfectionism and and turning perfectionism into a positive and all the things. So to give us a little bit of a summary of your career and, and how yeah. it led you to where you're at now. Yeah. So, you know, what I really work on is helping people let go of their perfectionism. And instead of being a leader of perfectionism, be a leader of excellence. But it was actually a pain point for me, Jeremy. So I feel like I turned my pain into my purpose. And that's kind of a corny quote. But um, perfectionism really held me back for, I would say, 35 years of my life. And I'm 41 now. 
but it showed up in so many different ways. You know, I used to work at large law firms and I led their marketing, business development and client development teams. And law firms can be highly perfectionist environments. And there were also things going on with me in the background. So from age 21 to 31, I was addicted to Adderall. Hmm. And so I was addicted to Adderall because it allowed me to be what I thought was perfect, right? Really thin without trying. I could work these like 28 hour days and, you know, have this, this perfect career, make sure I make everyone happy and get all of my worth from, from my career and, and making those professionally around me um, just, just happy. And so when I was 31, I decided, you know, I can't live this way anymore. And so I got sober. And as most of us do, when we have a major life and a life of it, maybe a health scare, death, divorce, relationship change, getting sober, we have this opportunity to be introspective. And so I looked inward and I was like, you know what, this has nothing to do with my addiction to Adderall and everything to do with my addiction to perfection. And so I started really looking into perfectionism, right? Researching it, creating content around it, interviewing people about it. And I realized it was a really big issue that no one was talking about because society has actually been telling us to be perfect for so long and it's killing us. And so I did two national research studies on the impact of perfectionism in the workplace. I wrote my memoir. I'm currently writing my first kind of how to fix perfectionism in the workplace book right now. And that's why I do what I do, because I believe that when you can really fix the perfectionism problem within ourselves as leaders, but also culturally, um, it really changes the game. Wow. So, yeah, thank you for sharing uh, your story. So, you know, I work with executive assistants. I am an executive assistant. Yeah. Um, do you have, you know, before we dive into some of the the practical tips and and wisdom on what you've learned as far as perfectionism and overcoming it. Do you have any experience working with assistants? Uh, did you interact with assistants? Um, you know, any, any stories, anything uh, in the assistant world that yeah. throughout your career? Yeah, well, most definitely. And I've done presentations and trainings for assistants too, right? So I would say that in my experience, so the perfectionism symptoms that I think resonate the most with assistants would be uh, people-pleasing, right? Mm -hmm. Constantly seeking approval, maybe that fear of um, lack of delegation, right? Because we're supposed to get it all done. Um, Procrastination at times, right? We procrastinate because we're so afraid it's not going to be perfect enough, right? Starting that project, drafting that email, whatever it is. And so we actually put things off and carry around anxiety because of perfectionism. But I would say that people-pleasing piece probably really falls in there Mm -hmm. um, a lot. And then also, you know, conflict avoidance, Right. Assistants avoid having that difficult conversation with colleagues or the person that they report to just for fear of rejection, upsetting someone that we can't control other people. And so there's so many um, symptoms of perfectionism, but I I completely see. And as I've talked to them and also trained them um, of how it really can hold them back. And so when they can let that go, it can be really powerful. Hmm. Yeah, it's very on par and in alignment with, you know, the when I talk about detaching our worth from our work and, right. and, you know, it's unfortunately there's this dynamic, exciting relationship, but also unfortunately a toxic relationship when it comes to executives that are power driven and then assistants who are approval driven. And so it just feeds like feeds our idols, both sides. And it's like the executives are like, Oh, I see that they want my approval so I can get more power over them and manipulate them to get what I want. Right. Um, and then the assistants are like, Oh, you know, 
I really want their approval. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes, even right. if that, you know, I sacrifice my energy and my health and my sanity. So what, what would you say is maybe uh, one or two tips for those who are listening? They're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is definitely me. Like I am a perfectionist and I don't know how to stop. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give some tips, but um, first it's really about really self-identifying and understanding like what the cost of their perfectionism is to them. Like, what does that cost? How is it holding them back from really stepping into what they're fully capable of? And so it's really, so what I've done, um, Jeremy, is I've created two types of perfectionism. So there's slow and there is fast. So slow perfectionism is the kind of perfectionism that keeps you stuck. So I want you to think about procrastination, um, imposter syndrome, right? Not feeling good enough, maybe not sharing brilliant ideas that would help something be an idea be even better, right? Or help their leader be even better. Um, conflict avoidance, not delegating, uh, fear of failure, fear of making a mistake. So slow perfectionism keeps you stuck. Then on the other end of the spectrum is fast perfectionism, right? Fast perfectionism is that workaholism, unrealistic expectations, chronic multitasking, the go, 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 always saying yes. Hmm. So we can see how this is showing up for assistants, right? They're probably a hybrid of both slow and fast in different ways. And so first it's listening to those two types and saying like, wow, and then really emotionally connecting to what it's costing you, right? Is it costing you your emotional health, your physical health, joy, being present, sleep? So first it's that connecting. Then there are some tools in terms of just really starting to switch your mindset from one of perfection to excellence. So one of my favorite tools is going from what if thinking to even if thinking. So what I mean by that is, you know, as perfectionists, control freaks, (laughs) we can... Mm -hmm really get into that what if mindset, right? If something goes wrong, we're like, oh my gosh, like what if that person quits? And what if I don't meet that deadline? And what if my son doesn't make the soccer team? And what if, what if, what if? And we just kind of say stuck in this kind of anxious ball of, or just in this, you know, this ball of anxiety where we're not, we're kind of stuck in the problem. And so instead we need to move to even if, right? You know, even if I don't meet that deadline, it gives me an opportunity to kind of re- re- revisit my approach and come up with a new creative strategy moving forward, right? Even if that other colleague quits, you know, it, it gives us an opportunity to kind of maybe reassign roles and responsibilities. You know, even if my son doesn't make the soccer team, it's going to be okay. So it's really just to help your mind move from being stuck in the problem to moving to the solution. And so it's just an easy way of going from what if to even if. So that's, that's one of the simple mindset tools. Yeah, another that's great. Is, that's great. Another one is going from this idea of work-life balance to priorities, right? So work-life balance is a bunch of nonsense and I don't believe in it. So let's just throw that term out. If you need another <laughs> term, feel free to go with work-life boundaries, right? But work-life balance says we have to be everything to everyone. And so especially for our approval seekers in the house, you know, we're going to be on this hamster wheel trying to achieve work-life balance, which is unachievable. Right. The reason that there are 14,000 podcasts and webinars and conferences on how to achieve work life balance is because it's unachievable. Right. If it was achievable, you'd have one conference, you'd learn the tools and you'd move on. (laughs) So (laughs) it would be really simple. So instead, it's like looking at their life and priorities because work life balance takes you out of the the present moment. Right. You're with your family and you feel guilty that you're not working. You're at work and you feel guilty that you're not with your family. So you're never where your feet are. 
right? Perfectionism steals that from you. It steals the present moment because you're always on to the next and this kind of domino effect that it creates. So instead, it's looking at your life in terms of priorities, right? Allowing your life to shift, not trying to be number one parent every single day of the week or number one assistant every single day of the week, but really prioritizing, right? Do you need to work late on Tuesday night to get a bunch of projects done? But on the weekend, you're not even going to think about work because your priority is a soccer tournament and date night, for example. Mm -hmm. So just allowing yourself to shift. So instead of trying to be everything to everyone all the time under this, you know, false guy, this guise of, you know, of work-life balance, really looking at your life as priority, you know, and priorities. Hmm. Nice. So then um, what about like, trying to think of how to frame this. So being vulnerable yeah. as, as an assistant and it's very intimidating to do so because it's like, well, right. our job is to keep it, hold everything together and, you know, not lose our cool. And our job is to keep our executives who are, you know, the ones that are running around like chickens with their heads cut off yeah. sometimes. And we're trying to keep them level-headed um, but what, how can we express that we are, you know, wrestling with perfectionism or how can we uh, be vulnerable with our executives and our colleagues and yeah. trying to at least, you know, identify it and, and move on, uh, without feeling that sense of, oh, I've, if I admit this, then I'm admitting that I'm failing. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus and enroll today. Yeah. So it takes courage, but one of the things that is, as it relates to that, that how perfectionism shows up is when assistants set people pleasing deadlines instead of realistic deadlines. So hmm. think about the last time you were in a meeting and they're like, Oh, when can you get that to us by? And you're like, Oh, I'll get it to you end of week. And then you're reeling inside your head because you're like, oh my gosh, I've got eight other projects that are priorities, you know, for my executive. And I just promised this other project by Friday. So instead of doing that, it's about pausing, right? And saying, hey, I love that you want to make this project a priority. Realistic, realistically, I can get that to you next week. Mm -hmm. If you want it sooner, let me show you all the other projects I'm working on and I'm happy to shift, but I just need guidance from you. So I think it's really just about, you know, prioritizing your mental health and well-being and being willing to say, you know, not that I can't handle it all, but we need to prioritize here. Right. Yeah. And so even that can be scary for a perfectionist to be like, hold on, realistically, I can get this to you next week. If you need it sooner, let me know what I need to shift. Because as perfectionists, we want to appear as we that we have it all. Because the assistant role is really this like hero, do it all, save the day, behind the scenes, running the show role. And so to yeah. admit that like actually that can't get done till next week can be really scary. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like the 
it's like you're not saying no, right. but you're also not saying yes without any sort of thought or or any sort of assessment on okay, how much time do I really have, and what other priorities am I working on? And so it's kind of like a yes, I'd be happy to help, and I'm going to need to push it back or push this right. other thing back. Um, so yeah, that's that's great. Well, and if we and we teach people how to treat us, right? So if we're constantly telling people we're superhuman, <laughs> right, they're going to think that we're superhuman, right? They don't know the hours that are happening when they're not, you know, when you don't see them or the after hours work that you're putting in. And so we have to reteach people. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's flip the table a little bit and how, if, if you have a colleague or if your executive is the one that's, right. that's the perfectionist, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, how do you, it gently encourage and, and challenge them uh, out of their perfectionism. Yeah. So I get a lot of those questions. It's like, okay, well, I'm working on healing my perfectionism, but the person that I report to is not. <laughs> so what do I do? And it's just even that example that I gave with the realistic, you know, the realistic deadlines versus the people pleasing deadlines. It's, you know, having the courage to say, Hey, realistically, that project's going to be done next week or, realistically, you know, these timelines that you're, you're requesting are, are really unrealistic given all of the different priorities. And I'm not saying that it can't be done, but I want you to really get a full picture of what everything that the company, I, whomever are working on and all the different things that are going on right now. It requires courage to even say, um, you know, I'm really focusing on my family right now. And so um, one of my priorities and boundaries that I'm setting is I'm not going to be checking emails after 6 p.m., and so if there are different ways that we can work on communicating so that I can still be responsive, let's work on that. But I also want to let you know that this is a shift that I'm making, which again is a really scary conversation to have. But do we, you know, if we want to ha have these work-life boundaries, if we want to prioritize our personal life, then we have to say those things. Mm -hmm. um, another way of, of doing that too is just, you know, really being just upfront and clear with your expectations, your timelines, when you can get things done. So just being really thoughtful, practicing the pause and not over committing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remembering I, when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking it's kind of like, you know, if, if your executive is a perfectionist, then you almost have the power in a way um, for lack of a better term you, you almost have the power to feed their per perfectionism based yeah, on how yeah. you react and how you right. respond to them. Right. And if you're constantly like having like setting these unrealistic deadlines, and like working overtime to get all this stuff done. I mean, you're feeding into this perfectionist, you know, I ideal. That's just mm -hmm. not, and here's the thing too, is to let go of perfectionism is not to say that your work product and your work quality suffers. Mm -hmm. It actually gets better because you drop the overwhelm, the anxiety, the questioning of yourself. You drop the people pleasing. You drop the, you know what I'm saying? All of the self-criticism that comes with it. So you drop all this energy that accompanies perfectionism, which imagine how much more energy you would have in your life to give to work, family, whatever it is that you want, you, you know, you want to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the... It, perfectionism, you know, the more you, uh, 
strive for it, the further away from perfect you are. And the less you strive for it, the, the better you, you know, it's almost like, it's like that counterintuitive yeah. mindset shift. And I think another thing that can be helpful too is sitting down with your executive and saying, and this can be scary, especially if you're reporting to a perfectionist, but sitting down and saying, of the things that are on my plate, what require 100% and re- what require 85 mm-hmm. Right, which is totally like probably gives all of my perfectionists that are listening right now anxiety to be like, what? Something can be 85%, but maybe internal emails can be 85%. Meaning you proof it once, you send it out and you move on. Maybe an email that goes out to the board of directors of a public company needs to be a hundred percent, right? So you need to prove it. Maybe someone else does it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that sort of thing, you know, so it's, it's knowing like which of your tasks really need to be accurate and a hundred percent and which ones can be 85%. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not always, Hey, if I do this, I'm not going to be able to do this. It, it, right. Like you said, it can be, Hey, if I put, my, you know, top notch focus and energy on this, I can still complete this project, but, you know, it won't be as um, buttoned up as you may want it. And are you okay with that? Yeah. Like a first draft of something might be 85%, but it's also good to to communicate that with your leader and get on the same page. Because oftentimes too, when we are working with perfectionist leaders, you know, there's that desire for everything to be hundred percent when some things just don't need to be. And so even having that conversation can help them to start thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe that doesn't need to be hundred percent. Okay. I've just never even thought of things like that. I never really thought about stuff like that. Right. I was, um, there was a lawyer that I was um, speaking with and um, he was saying that, you know, there was a, there was a pro bono um, client that he was working with. And he said, you know, typically if it was a corporate client, they would, you know, spend a ton of hours on this and make sure, you know, but it was okay. The, the pro bono contract was good enough, like to spend five hours on instead of 20 hours on. And it was going to be a great contract. Right. Like they didn't need to throw any more hours into it. Like that was good enough. Yeah. So even just identify yeah, I remember, you know, the, the probably the best example I can think of this is I remember taking my executive, my CEO to the airport one time and you know, I used to put together this super in-depth travel itinerary with all these, yeah. you know, all the details, everything you could possibly think of. And I remember, you know, I was taking the airport and he's like, hey, what? he was asking me a question about the itinerary and he's like, what's the deal with this, this? And I was like, oh, it's on the calendar invite. And he pulls up the calendar invite and, and he's like, yeah, you know, I can't even read those because my, my phone app formats it all funky. And so I haven't even been able to, and I'm like, I've been, I've been giving a hundred percent on these itineraries for months and he can't even read them on his phone. Yeah, right. So anyway, it, uh, it kind of showed me, I was like, oh, okay. So there's actually, I can strip that down to the very critical points of information that he needs. So now my travel itineraries are on the calendar with very minimal formatting and, um, you know, simple things like, Oh, this is your flight number, your confirmation number. This is right. the, air, this is the, uh, the airline, you know, and, and that's it. And so, uh, yeah, you'd be surprised at how often there, you know, we do, especially as assistants, we, we put all this effort into it 
And then we think, okay, this is great. And then we, we turn it over to the executive or a colleague and they're like, oh, okay. That, wow. You went over far and above what I was ex- expecting. <laughs> I was just thinking this. And you're like, oh no, I just spent three days on that. I could have spent 30 minutes on it. Right. Uh, right. So anyway, yeah, that's great. Well, um, yeah, I think, uh, is there anything else, uh, Vitaly, that you would like to, to share with assistance of the world uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, I would say that one of the good kind of guides for knowing if you are in perfectionism mode or not is when you look at your motivations for doing something, making a decision, whatever, really knowing, am I doing this for love or from love? And so when we are doing things for love, we are in perfectionism mode. Yeah. I'm doing this because I need your approval instead of doing it from love. From love is, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of my position and the role that I have. And I love the relationship that I have with my, my executive. And I'm going to do this because I want to, you know, it's, it's from love instead of for love. So for me, it's always a good distinction to think, okay, am I doing this for love or am I doing it from love? Hmm. No, that's great. It's actually very, uh, might even like it better than, than what I, I usually use. And I wrote this in my book, but I talk about this, uh, quote, uh, from Dorothy Sayers, and she talks about serving the work versus yeah. angling for applause. Right. And so it's kind of the same idea. Like, am I doing this because I'm trying to do good work or am I doing this because I want that pat on the shoulder? Uh, right. So, yeah, well said. Great, great way to finish. Thank you so much for sharing your yeah, story. You. And what's the, what's the best place? I'll put, I'll put all your links in the show notes, but what's the, what's kind of one place that you'd like people to reach out if they want to learn more? Um, I would say that LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to find me, just given that my name can be a little difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Well, I'll put that link and then your website and everything um, and your link to your book. Um, Your book is uh, called Addicted to Perfect. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So I'll put all those links in the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 258, leaderassistant.com slash 258. And uh, yeah, Vitaly, thank you so much for your time and uh, best of luck in continuing your battle against uh, perfectionism. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com